My guest today is Bradley Lum. He is the CEO for the Mississippi Prison Industries Corporation. It's good to have you, Bradley. Yeah, thank you for having me on. I'm looking forward to uh, talking about all the things that we're doing in this space. Well, tell me about you and what drew you to the Mississippi Prison Industries Corporation. So I'm an attorney, come from a family of, actually come from a family of ministers and uh, was a was a college athlete, a baseball coach uh, after college, and then ended up going into law school. And so I've always kind of been service-driven and just opportunities that present themselves to help and to help people. And this is what that did. And so when the opportunity came up several years ago for me to come on as the CEO of this organization, uh, I jumped at it and saw it as an opportunity to really be at the front end of some of the things that are happening in reentry and the good work that we can and will continue to do, but certainly the growth of that area in as it grows nationwide and how we look at criminal justice reform and rehabilitation of our inmate population. That was just at the top of, of my list of things that I wanted to participate in, and I'm excited about being in this role and the things that we're doing to move forward. What are some of the biggest challenges that men have when they're getting ready to re-enter society? We deal with both men and women. And a lot of times when we talk about this, most people think in their head, you, you think of a hardened criminal man. And, and a lot of times we're also dealing with women who may have been involved in some type of office crime where they were you know, in, in an insurance fraud situation or an embezzlement situation. So there's all kind of different issues that come up. And so we deal with a population that comes from all types of different varied backgrounds. But when you talk about the challenges, I mean, look, the reality of the process is that we have done everything in our power in this country and in most countries to limit and inhibit opportunity for those who are coming out of incarceration. And so the challenges are many from a regulatory standpoint, from just, you know, all the basic things that we take for granted, like having a driver's license and a social security card and other things like that. We have to look at this and the challenge that I've given to my staff, you know, the thing that we're looking at as a state is how do we really start to look at this from a holistic standpoint to ensure that uh, there's true community integration and true family reunification and that we're putting people in a position to be successful once they get out of out of incarceration and out of the Department of Corrections. Tell me about some of the programs that the Mississippi Prison Industry Corporation offers. So certainly, you know, at our core, what we are is a job training function or, or organization that is putting folks in a position to learn a skill, learn a trade, and then for us as a staff and a, as a team to help walk them down the pathway of, you know, potentially or hopefully a career once they get out and so they can get back on their feet. We don't want to put them in a position where they're going back and, and working at a necessarily a minimum wage job or something that's not a long-term opportunity. We want to put them in a position where they have a skill, they're a value add to a corporation or to any type of business, and that they're in a position to, to realize real long-term success. So what we do a lot is based around what you would think of as traditional trade skills like welding and pipe fitting and you know machine work is one of our largest areas but we also have a garment factory and believe it or not garment and the opportunity to work in a cut and sew factory is growing just because some companies are trying to onshore jobs back from Asia back to the United States so there's opportunity there we work in logistics and warehousing we have several opportunities where we do the logistics and warehousing piece. We do woodworking. We're in the process of creating a holistic construction career path where anything from plumbing to electrical to obviously all of your construction type paint, sheetrock, those types of jobs. So we try to run the gamut so that we can put them in a position where they've got some opportunity. We're also looking at coding and tech type jobs, actually something that 
we've kind of taken from California because California has been doing it very well for a long time. But the tech space and the, the coding space and website design and other things like that are really an area that we can help put folks in a position where they can be successful once they get out. Okay. And do you offer psychological counseling as well? Certainly. So all of that as part of, so so when we talk about the trade side of what we do as a core to success once you get out, we also have the support services side, right? So uh, we have everything from the Thinking for a Change, which is a program that has been used across correctional systems across the country for a long time. It is a rehabilitative new way to think program that is an intensive program that inmates go through. We're in the process of starting to work on some of the external components. And one of those obviously is drug and alcohol counseling. That's a huge area, a huge need. Family reunification, you name it, across the board, anything that we can do to put folks in a position where ultimately they can be successful, not only by having a trade and and having a skill, but also wrap around support services so that they have everything they need to not go back to prison. Okay, I know this is not a faith-based organization, but how does your faith play into this, into your daily work? Well, good question. Yeah, so look, I mean, I think that, you know, as a Christ follower, everything that I do uh, is about glorifying God and the steps that I take and ultimately drawing people towards him. And and so I would say that at its core, helping the least of these, and I believe prisoners are the least of these, our incarcerated population is the least of these. While they committed a crime or did something to be in the position that they're in, we look at it as the opportunity for uh, redemption, uh, the opportunity to create the second chance, the opportunity for them to turn the page, the opportunity to put them in a position where they are wanted and valued and feel that from the community again, because most of the guys, you know, once they've been in prison, especially longer than a year or two years, are now in a position where they are not having frequent conversations with family and they're not having frequent conversations with kids and other things like that. And so their outlook on life is very negative. And so as a, as a Christian, at, at the core of this, my faith draws me to the opportunity to to really play a part in the holistic, you know, redemption path for these folks and put them in a position where, you know, ultimately they can see that they can have that redeeming story and really become a contributing member of our society, but also somebody that's on a path to a greater knowledge and understanding of what it means to be a Christ follower. How has this position of being CEO for the Mississippi Prison Industries Corporation, how has it changed you? So, you know, I come from private business. I have not been in you know, the public sector uh, too long, only a couple of years. And I think that looking at it from the outside and looking in, you have all these kind of thoughts about the process and about the prison system and about what who a prisoner is and why they're there and what they think about and, and all these things. And I think as I've gotten into it, it's, man, it's really kind of humbled me to understand that, look, but for me being in the wrong place at the wrong time or making this decision versus that decision, I could be in the same place. And so there are a lot of people that once you start to hear their stories and where they come from and their past, you start to realize that this is, it's a very fragile life that we live. And uh, and I'll tell this story quickly. My first Thanksgiving with the company, we feed our MA population a Thanksgiving meal. Well, in one of our particular work opportunities, we fed them pizza. During that time, uh, so we fed them pizza and, and I stood kind of in the line and I was handing the pizza out to each one of our inmates and we gave them a full pizza so they could take it back with them to their cell. And I went all the way through the line, and not one guy said, thank you. And I turned to, after the last guy came through, I turned to one of my employees, and I said, I know these guys are thankful. Why did they, you know, why are they not saying thank you? Why is that not something that they, they think? And he said, man, he said, 
they they think so lowly, you know, they have such a low expectation of their life and a low thought of who they are as a person that they can't even look up and look you in the eye and say thank you. And so those things that happen have kind of been part of my journey as the CEO at, at Mississippi Prison Industries to start to realize, man, look, we've got a long way to go. We got to look at this from a holistic standpoint, and we got to really start to turn how people view themselves because a lot of the reason why they're where they are is because of how they view themselves and putting themselves in a position that we other people with with a different background you know just would never put themselves in that position and so i think it's changed me for the better but it certainly changed me more than i ever thought it it would have when i took this job is there a particular story of somebody that you've run into that's been incarcerated that really stands out as kind of a success story for you? Yeah. So believe it or not, I've got about six women in our company that work as free world employees for Mississippi prison industries that were once incarcerated. And so I would say, you know, all of those employees that we have hired at some point, to me, I look at that as, wow, like I've got a director of administration at our company that, you know, was formerly incarcerated. To see her and to see the transformation and to see where she's come from and what she's gone through to where she is today, it's just, you know, mind boggling. We have a guy who within the last year was placed at a large company in the southern part of our state, now is probably making well over six figures. But came from a very broken situation, had no family, had no address to go home to. We put him into a transitional facility, and the guy is making, you know, more money now than he ever has in a stable environment, planning on getting married at some point in the future, and just has had a complete transformation in the process. So I think when you start to look at that and kind of look at that roster of folks that you've helped, and certainly have a great staff that does a lot of the heavy lifting and the hard work, but to see what is taking place through the lives of these people, you just kind of sit back and look and see that, man, there's some real life change that's going on. How many men and women have you served? On any gift. Given month, our organization has been around since 1990, but uh, any given month, we're working somewhere between 500 and 700 employees or workers in our facilities. And so we probably graduate out of our facilities anywhere between 200 and 250 a year. So, you know, do the math over time. We've been able to really assist quite a few people through the process. And so how many years has the Mississippi Prison Industries Corporation been in operation? It was formed in 1990. So 31 years. Yeah, 31 years. And, And in fact, as a plug, I, when I came on uh, a few years ago, we started looking at it and thought, look, we're not, I don't believe we've completely created the entire path to external support that we need to get to. What we do mostly is internal support. And so when they're walking out of the gate of the prison, a lot of times we don't have much of a hand in the things that are happening once they get out. So we created a new organization about six months ago called the Hope Alliance. And you can go to hopealliancems.com. That's hopealliancems.com. And you'll see that that is a partnership led by Mississippi Prison Industries and myself with the Department of Corrections and nonprofits and private employers and church groups and whoever's out there. We wanted to create one pathway. My vision was that we create one pathway to reentry for the entire population in the state of Mississippi, the entire incarcerated population in the state of Mississippi. And so every year the state of Mississippi releases anywhere between 4,000 and 7,000 inmates back out into into the state. So we expect by the second quarter of 2021 that we're going to be in a position where we have hope coordinators in our facilities, in all of our facilities across the state, and that we have all of the counseling and support services set up so that we are putting them in a path where they have a hope plan, They have a hope coordinator, and they're walking down the path to opportunity, and then we're staying with them for four, five, six, seven years after they are released from prison so that 
we can ensure that there's long-term sustainability there. And HOPE stands for Helping Offenders Prepare for Excellence. So that's the HOPE Alliance, hopealliancems.com. That's great. And it's very important to know, too, that probably a lot of prisoners are getting released with nothing but what they came in with. And so that's kind of a setup. That's right. It's a process that was ripe for reformation. God put me in a place, unknowingly to me at the time, where this kind of ball was starting to roll. And so now we're in a position where we can really start to see some big-time change take place and, and the reformation that is needed so that when they leave, they're leaving with all the tools they need to be successful with the driver's license, with the social security card, with some money in their pocket to ensure that they get on their feet once they get out. So all of these pieces are going to ultimately contribute to the long-term success that we are certainly seeking. That's incredible. How many employees do you have? So across the state, we have just under 40 employees across the state in our different facilities. And how many prisons are you working? How many systems are you working with? Mississippi is set up where we have three state institutions. Then we have 15 regional facilities. We have ongoing work opportunities in each of our three institutions. And then in our regionals, we have one full-time regional opportunity. And then we are actively, and, and so that's what I inherited. And then we are in the process of, in partnership with the Department of Corrections, reevaluating some things and how we go about utilizing our regional facilities. And we expect to see growth in our additional 14 regional facilities over the next several years. So right now we're in three institutions and one of our regional facilities. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Bradley Lum. What is your website for the Mississippi Prison Industries Corporation? Our website is mpicworks.org, mpicworks.org. And then obviously what we spoke about earlier, hopealliancems.com. Very good. Is there anything else you'd like to share? That is it. Look, we're excited about the future. There's a huge need and a huge opportunity in reentry, and, and we, we've got to get this right. And I think the whole country has to get this right. And you've seen that with the First Step Act several years ago uh, at the federal level. But I think that we're just at the tip of the iceberg. I think that the, the need is great. And, you know, as Christians, we're called to be a light. And this is a very dark place. And this is an opportunity to be a light. And I think that we need more folks out there who are listeners of yours to uh, to jump in and to be a part of the process, because there's a lot of folks that are good people that made bad decisions that need to be in a position where they can be successful And we need people out there who are willing to jump in and help support that. Well, thank you so much for your time and just your insight, too. Absolutely. Thank you so much for reaching out. This is great. I'm fired up. I think it's great for the state and great for... um, And and let me also add this, and I think this is important. We have a new commissioner, Burl Kane, and he was the former warden at Angola State Prison in Louisiana. And he's been in Mississippi for the last several months. And he has completely revamped. He is a strong Christian. He's on the board of, of Prison Fellowship. I mean, he is just, he's out there. He's a really interesting dude. And uh, But he has come in and done a wonderful job. And we would not be in, a, in nearly the position we are but for the partnership that he and I have and that Department of Corrections at MPIC has in ensuring that these folks are in a position to be successful. Well, that's good news. That's great. Yep. God's people are everywhere making a difference. Thank you for doing what you're doing. That's right.